I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Welcome to Beauty Bosses. I am so pleased to introduce you guys to the amazing Stephanie Gottlieb. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. You guys probably all know Stephanie already because she's made such a name for herself in the jewelry industry in such a short time. But Stephanie is a jeweler and jewelry designer based here in New York City. And she specializes in custom bridal, but she really does a lot of different things. So welcome. Thank you very much. Okay, well, you know, this is Beauty Bosses, and you're a boss, and you work in the beauty field. So we wanted to start by asking you a little bit about your business. So tell everybody a little bit about your company and how you got started. Okay, so I really fell into the jewelry world. I was not planning to end up here, but when I graduated from school, I took an internship at a diamond company, and it was sort of just to kill time until I figured out what I was going to do, and I ended up loving it, of course. What's not to love? Um, Who doesn't love jewelry? Right, so I stayed for five years, sort of learned the whole wholesale world, and then decided it was time to do my own thing. Um, and the jewelry world is very lateral in terms of you know, there's the people who run the companies and the people who work for the companies, and it doesn't really, there's no movement. Yeah, there's no ladder, right? Um, there's no, it's I mean, a lot at least of, to me, it seems like it. Yeah. A lot of family-owned companies, um, a lot of companies that have been around for, you know, decades. So for me to really make a mark and do something that I wanted to do, I had to start my own company. And so I took that leap, and I did, and... That was five years ago, and it's been amazing ever since. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So, talk us through what a day in your life looked like five years ago when you were just starting out and mm -hmm. you were a newbie with a dream. Yep. And versus today, now that you have a very established brand. So five years ago, I would wake up at ten o'clock. <laughs> I went to the gym. Those were the days, right? Yeah, I had you know a leisurely lunch, maybe one or two meetings, and that was kind of it. Yeah. Um, and that was great. Um, there was always that like fear of, is this going to work? Is it going to take off? Yeah. Um, and slowly but surely, you know, I had gotten engaged or married right before I left the company that I did. And so it was that time in my life and my friends' lives when people were starting to get engaged and that sort of snowballed into what has become my business now, which is really bridal focused. Okay. Um, and so once that happened, you know, and word of mouth can take you only so far, Instagram started to become this monster that it is yeah. now. And totally. that really like took the business to a totally different level. Yeah. Um, How has Instagram helped you? It was very unexpected. You know, no one knew that it would do what it has for businesses, but I love being creative and I love photography and styling and so that was sort of my perfect platform to to show beautiful pieces in really beautiful ways um, and kind of get out my my aesthetic and, and my way of layering and, and show people you know what you can do with jewelry and really the whole the whole thing about Instagram is that you can make things so accessible 
And it's so visual, right? So visual. Like, shiny, and pretty things. Exactly. You look at them. There's nothing not to love about yeah. you know, a picture of a diamond ring. <laughs> and it does make a world that feels really, you know, antiquated and, um, you know, unapproachable, accessible to, to a lot of people. Yeah. What percentage of your business comes from Instagram? I mean, I want to say 100%, like really. Oh, really? That's amazing. Yeah, New York City is, is a difficult place to work in my capacity because everybody who's grown up here has a jeweler. Their mom has a jeweler, their cousin is a jeweler. Um, so to kind of break into that is hard. And when word of mouth was my only means of business, it was, you know, a, a quieter time and, and things were slower. And once I was able to access a whole new group of people, it, it really opened up new doors for me. That's so cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, do you think that social media is kind of the future? Because sometimes I feel like I'm never on my computer anymore. I do everything from my phone. It's like an app world now. Yeah. Um, do you think, what do you think about that? You know, I don't know what's next. I know, right? And I think that like what we're doing right now is a huge part of that. Um, Podcasting. Podcasts yeah. and just kind of live video. Um, and it feels more real. It feels like something you can really relate to when you're seeing like real people um, yeah. and not something that's so stylized because you know you can edit a video but there's still sort of some reality to it. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's kind of the next step and I've I've tried to break into it with my new YouTube video series so I'm doing diamond education videos um, and the intent behind that was that so many people email us and they're really uneducated about how to buy a diamond what totally. they need to it's, know well, it's overwhelming it is and and there is a lot of science to it which people kind of overlook yeah um, but I made these videos kind of as like a Diamonds 101 or like a Diamond for Dummies and just sort of broke down like the very basics of what you need to know because when you Google, you know, diamond engagement ring or diamond buying, there's so much information and yeah. so much of it is not even something you need to focus on. So on that note, yeah. tell us, you know, we've all heard of the four C's, mm -hmm. I mean, some of us, most yeah. of us, Yeah. but what are like three really important things to know about diamonds that aren't in the four C's? Um, I think it's more about like how you navigate the four C's. Oh, so okay, okay. a lot of people come to us and they say, you know, I need D color and flawless clarity. Those would be the highest grades. Um, and that's because they haven't looked at a diamond in person and they're just Googling and, yeah. and reading that that's the best. So they assume they need the best and you know, well, with an unlimited budget, that would be wonderful. Um, and we'd all love to have a D flawless diamond. In reality, there's some, you know, negotiation that has to be made to kind of find you the size you want and um, also give you some quality. So it's about sort of navigating through the four C's to figure out what the best compromise is. I feel like that's so reasonable. Yeah, and so that's, yeah. with the videos, I'm sort of breaking down, you know, here's what I think is a realistic quality that's not, you know, compromising too much, that it's going to be visibly obvious that you've compromised on color or clarity, but also doesn't need to be the tip top. Totally. Um, Okay, so let's take a step back. 
we have talked a little bit about how you built this awesome brand and everyone on Instagram loves you and everything is, you know, shiny and beautiful and all of that. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the setbacks you faced mm -hmm. um, because so many people in entrepreneurial fields or really any field at all um, are faced with challenges. So can you tell us a little bit about one of the biggest setbacks that you had? Or, and it might include a story about, you know, did you ever feel like you weren't going to make it or did anyone tell you you weren't going to make it? So I think there are two things that sort of stand out to me. The first is that when you're starting a business and you don't have a name, um, it's hard to sort of legitimize yourself. And not even so much to the customer, but to the people you want to work with. So when I reach out to other jewelry designers, because we also have a fashion website where you can purchase jewelry from my collection, but also collections of other designers that I love, I found myself sort of hitting walls with certain designers who didn't necessarily think that my website was worthy of their pieces. Right. Um, and I was a newbie and I was working with brands that sort of had, you know, lesser known names and really instead of looking at it as a setback, I kind of took a step back and said, okay, those designers are already on every website that you can already shop for jewelry. So my approach is going to be to work with the lesser known designers and to help them build their brands. So if you look at my website, um, I mean, things have changed. A lot of people are now working with those designers too, but yeah. in the beginning, they were sort of up and coming as well, and we've been able to grow our businesses together, and a lot of them are young women who are sort of, you know, working against the same uphill battle that I was at the time. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing, and then the other is just, you know, I think this happens in every industry. When you're doing something well, people are going to copy you. Um, and so totally. it's, it's really hard all the time. It's so it's hard to right? set yourself apart. It's hard to, you know, remind people that you were doing it first, yeah, and then you put all this work into it, and your yeah. ideas are like poof everywhere. Yeah. And so you find creative ways to get around yeah. that. Um, and how have you gotten around it? I need some help. <laughs> you know, for me, it was being candid yeah. with the people that I'm working with about how I felt about other people doing what I'm doing and sort of just getting on the same page and saying, you know, we're doing this together. Let's kind of just be open and honest with each other. And it's worked. Um, it's worked. <laughs> like that's really, that. well, how does it work in terms of copyright with jewelry and design? That's, that's it's sort of a tricky topic. It right? is. That's extremely difficult. Um, you just have to sort of respect the people that you're working with, you know, Hearts are one of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. Every designer has made some variation of a diamond heart. So I can't take credit for, you know, the little heart solitaire necklace right, I'm right, wearing, right. but I try to make my version of a heart different than everyone else's. And that's all you can do is sort of put your put own your twist on things on um, and just, you know, move forward and not get yourself worked up about it. Yeah. Okay. So. You are beautifully decked out. Thank Take you. us through. Tell what are you wearing? So this is Take sort of your jewelry. Yeah. This is a variation of my everyday. Um, and for those of you who are listening and not watching, she basically looks flawless and gorgeous, <laughs> and very you. styled, and she has tons of beautiful rings, some layered pieces around her neck, beautiful yes. earrings, and 
Okay, take it away. So I I have my staples. A lot of people actually ask like what my basic everyday pieces are. I love rose gold, so I'm always in rose gold everything. Yeah, that's so chic right now. I feel like that's yeah, so awesome. and for me when I got engaged, my actual engagement ring was my first rose gold piece, and so that was sort that's of my special. Yeah, it was, and so that's how I broke into rose gold. Um, and my husband knew I was kind of dying to have something rose gold, and I thought it was really sweet that that was the first piece I had in rose. Um, and so I mix and match with other colors too, but majority is rose. I really love kind of delicate pave pieces, um, and definitely like anything that stacks is, you know, something that I'm gonna own. Okay. Um, I have my original wedding band and a new piece that my husband worked with me to create, so it's, half emerald cut diamonds on top and then you spin it and there's rainbow on the bottom oh, so beautiful thank you oh my gosh so that's definitely like my favorite piece right now um obviously rainbows are like super hot for everything but i've been a rainbow fanatic forever so yeah. i feel like i'm an og rainbow fan <laughs> okay. um, and so it's, it's just like my daily dose of happy i love this heart is this your heart that's one of mine yes that's so beautiful and yeah i want to see the other hand too so these are really pretty little stackable mm -hmm. um, rings as well. Is this everything that you have designed pretty much? Mostly. Mostly. Um, with okay, a mix great. of some other designers that I work with too. And I um, love the mixing. I feel like nice. that's nice because you're kind of paying homage to others yes. and putting your stamp on it. Yeah. And, and it was hard for me to decide, like, should I work with other designers and represent them? Should I only do my own thing? But for me, there's so many other designers' pieces that I've love and wanted to be able to promote right. and how could you not I, it's like it was hard complicated for, right yeah it was really hard for me to <laughs> to decide one round or the other so i just kind of i do it all okay awesome yeah well um tell us the story behind your engagement ring because I don't know, it seems like a lot of pressure for a guy <laughs> to buy a diamond ring yeah. for a woman who's really interested in diamond rings. This is true. Um, on the flip side, he had help, so okay, there you go. That, was, um, that played to his benefit. But when we got engaged, my husband and I have been together since senior high school, so it, it was a long time coming, um, and we were 24, so it wasn't something I was pressuring him to do. I, it kind of came unexpected for me so I was working for a diamond wholesale company and part of my job was to come up with new designs for pieces for that company um, so I was always saving like inspiration boards onto my computer and I had like one corner of my desktop that I shared with him and it would always be like my favorite recent engagement ring design and when I found something new that I liked better I would trash the old one and put that one on top. Uh -huh. oh, that's um, so the latest when we got engaged was a split shank design and he worked with my former boss to find the perfect diamond and create the ring um, which I'm obsessed with and it's become like my number one selling style which is just crazy because I've now made the ring you know probably 30 plus times that's amazing um and i still love it and the rose gold felt really different to me and again yeah. it was my first rose piece so it was super special and he also knew i am a matchy matchy person so he knew that i would want something else rose if i was going to have an engagement ring in rose so when he proposed he actually proposed with a cartier box 
um, and it was a love bracelet inside in rose gold. And I said, like, what is this for? Like, it's a <laughs> random day in April. Yeah. And I looked on the inside, it was inscribed April 26, 2012. So I said, what's April 26? And then he said, it's the day I asked you to marry me. And he had the box with the ring. Um, so oh, I got my, cute. yeah, it was oh, amazing. That's and a good story. It was a, it was a really good proposal. I got two pieces of jewelry <laughs> that day. So <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, and you know, the rest is history. The rest is history. Yes. Okay. So a couple more business questions because I know a lot of people, um, have asked me about this and I wanted to ask you about it. Mm -hmm. Um, the jewelry industry is so interesting because most of the clients are women, but most of the prominent and preeminent jewelers out there are men. And you know, you're kind of changing the tide, which I think is so amazing and awesome. But I wanted to ask you a little bit about what it feels like or what the experience is like to be a woman in a male-dominated field. I think that there's a huge benefit to understanding what women want because the women are the ones who end up wearing the jewelry. Um, and so a lot of my followers are female and they're sort of directing their boyfriends to come to me. So I was actually speaking to someone in the industry yesterday who's trying to do something that's more male focused um, and wanted to partner with me because he acknowledges that most of my business is being funneled through the women. Mm -hmm. um, and I think with Instagram and Pinterest and all of these ways for women to sort of see what they like and put together mood boards and yeah. and um, sort of guide their boyfriends in the right direction, we're taking on, you know, we're, we're taking the power back and sort of saying like, this is what I want, here's where you can go get it. Yeah, I've given you all the information, now you just have to run with it. Um, and it's cool. It is. I think it's great. And yeah. I think it's very different than when you would go to a jeweler on 47th Street and he would show you three diamonds and two settings and say, here, you know, this is it. Pick one. And now it's very much about, you know, the design process. And of course, the diamond is always the focus of the budget and, and also the purchase. But, you know, it's anyone can sell a diamond, not anyone can create a beautiful ring. Um, and so I think that, you know, now the, the focus is more so on the setting itself. Yeah, and the artistry and the process. Exactly. So cool. Okay, some quick rapid-fire questions okay. for you. Platinum or gold? Rose gold. <laughs> <laughs> Asher cut or radiant cut? Asher. Dinner in or dinner out? In. Do you pack light or do you bring everything you've got with you? Pack heavy. <laughs> pack heavy. Um, what's the first thing you do in the morning? Check my phone. I know, right? <laughs> so We're like bad. so addicted to those things. <laughs> and the last thing you do at night, I'm sure. Definitely, totally. yes. Um, what's the biggest trend you regret following? That's really hard. Um, I can't think of one. You weren't in jelly shoes, you <laughs> Oh, I guess like the Steve Madden platform <laughs> is a good one, but <laughs> that was way back. Uh, okay, what's kind of an essential fashion item, not including jewelry, that you think any stylish New Yorker should have? A great coat. Like, we spend three quarters of the year in a coat, so it better be a good it one. It better be, like, nicely tailored yes, and flattering. Absolutely. Okay, I totally agree with that. 
Um, what is next in store for your jewelry company? That's a good question. Um, I'm really trying to navigate the world of online jewelry buying because that's clearly the future for any shopping. Um, and sort of automating the process. Like right now, we are very much involved in every purchase that's happening, even if it's coming from online. But if there is some way to streamline that process so that it's sort of, you know, more automatic, I would love to figure something like that out. Not to compete, not to compete with Blue Nile, but to create my own version of, you know, a personalized service that's very easy to understand and navigate. And yeah, I think that would be really cool. Yeah, I think everyone would want that, right? Working on it. <laughs> um, and. Is there a celeb that you would just dream to style? Like, who would you love to outfit in beautiful jewelry for a special event? Oh my God, there are so many. Um, I would love to work with Rachel Zoe because I think that A, she works with some of the best female actresses out there and B, her style is impeccable and her jewelry is like Yeah, beyond. she's so chic. Yeah. She's, she would be incredible to work with. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Um, so I kind of already know the answer to this question because we were chatting about that before, but um, what is the one product from Scientific Beauty that you're most into and interested in? I'm very much interested in the, uh, the eyelash serum. I was an addict to the eyelash extensions and then had like a freak out moment that I was going to lose all of my eyelashes. <laughs> Which can really happen. Yeah. You get eyelash alopecia from that. Um, yeah, so that's that not, not something I want to do long term. Um, so I'm excited to, to see how the product works. Yeah, okay, and we're going to gift that to you. So you. keep us posted. Yes. And that's um, a little treat for thanking you for being on our show. Definitely. And then finally, you know, this is Beauty Bosses. So I wanted to ask you what beauty means to you. I think beauty is about whatever makes you feel confident. Um, and so, you know, I'm actually not even really a beauty buff in the traditional sense that, you know, I don't have a a real skincare routine and I'm not I'll like, help you. <laughs> thank you. I need that. I don't well talk I don't about love, that offline. <laughs> yes. I don't love makeup. Like that that's never been my thing. But I think anything that makes you feel confident when you walk out of your house in the morning, that to me is beauty. Yeah, that's really nicely put. And what does being a boss mean to you? Being a boss means uh, it means being good to the people who support you. It means trying to disrupt in a positive way whatever you're doing and kind of turning things on its head um, and again just like being confident in your decisions. I think that's so nicely and articulately put. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for you having me. You were an amazing guest, and it was so interesting to learn about your journey. Awesome. And thank you. Of course. My pleasure.